a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome to Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. Marty Carpenter sitting in today for Boyd Matheson. We're very glad to. Uh, be together today to talk about some of the big things going on in the world of politics and public policy. This is, of course, an expanded inside sources, and uh, that means, in Boyd's words, it's time to dig a little deeper, uh, explore a little wider, challenge our assumptions a little stronger, and disagree a little bit better. So let's get into it. Today, the big story going on, oh, it's those. It's the election that just won't end because we've got this runoff in the Georgia Senate race. Uh, Raphael Warnock, the Democrat, Herschel Walker, the Republican, and a lot at stake, as it turns out, with what's going on in Georgia. Uh, boy, it just it, it does just seem like an election season that just won't end, but it should come to a merciful conclusion today, one way or the other, depending on what happens in Georgia. Runoff elections are interesting. Um, elections themselves are obviously such a fundamental part of what we do in our country. It is the basis of a democratic republic. We elect people to go and make policy decisions for us and to study the issues and to chart the course for our community, whether that's at the city level, the county level, the state level, or at the federal level. Those elections obviously have come under much more scrutiny in the past couple of cycles, shall we say, as there have been those who call into question the way elections are conducted and the security of elections. And there's even a question of cost with elections. And that's one thing to think about when it comes uh, to a, a runoff election like in Georgia. It's going to cost the taxpayers in Georgia about $10 million to conduct this runoff election. Uh, that's in addition to what it costs to run the statewide election uh, at the midterms just a few weeks ago. I would say, I would argue, and I think a lot of people would argue, that if you've got to spend money on something, spending money to make sure elections are conducted uh, appropriately and securely is worth every penny. And it's also important to contextualize how much $10 million is in the Georgia state budget. Uh, let's just look at it from the Utah state budget. Our state budget is somewhere around $22 billion. $10 million is a lot of money to an individual taxpayer. It's not to be overlooked, but it is sort of a drop in the bucket in what a state budget would look like. But it is still an expense and something that is worth uh, considering. Uh, we're joined today by uh, Ryan Williamson. He is from R the R Street Institute, and he has taken a position in a piece uh, he wrote about the Georgia runoff elections that it's too expensive and that there is a way to avoid this type of cost to a taxpayer by going about the elections differently. Uh, Ryan joins us now. Ryan, thanks so much for taking some time to be with us today. Hello. Thank you for having me. So 
let's start here. It's going to cost about $10 million for this runoff election in Georgia. Um, how does that compare to what it costs to run any other election in Georgia? Is it essentially doubling the cost for them? Are they paying as much to run the runoff as they paid to run the regular election just a few weeks ago? That's absolutely right. They are quite literally doubling the cost of this election because, you know, just because there's only one race on the ballot and just because, you know, very few people may show up to vote in it, you still have to bring in personnel. You still have to print uh, all of the same ballots. You still, have, like, the costs don't go down running a statewide election uh, just because it's a runoff. So, yeah, like you said, it's doubling the cost. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. So you've got some ideas that you've proposed for ways that this could be avoided in Georgia or really any other state. And the key to your proposal is what you call a blanket primary. Just to set the table, will you help our audience understand what you mean by a blanket primary? Right. So blanket primary means all candidates for a particular office would appear on the ballot together. As it is now, the Democrats have a primary and all the Democratic candidates show up on that ballot and the Republicans have their own primary and all of the Republican candidates show up on that ballot. And, you know, you have the third party uh, primaries as well. But under a blanket system, you know, you have Herschel Walker and Raphael Warnock and everyone else vying for that current Senate position on the ballot together. So instead of having to pick which party, um, you know, you have the full slate of candidates in front of you at once. So the reason that we're into a runoff here is that neither candidate got to 50 percent. And if you did a blanket primary, essentially, you're saying everybody goes in uh, to it's one big free for all and you could end up with the two finalists, but only two finalists being from a single party. Is that accurate? Uh, there are a few ways to, to go about it. Uh, so Alaska provides a, a really good example of how this could work. Um, you know, they use a top four system. Uh, Nevada passed an initiative that um, would go to a top five. Uh, California has a, a top two system. And so the, the, the number is, you know, just a choice. And, you know, it may have different implications here. But the main thing is, you know, regardless of the number of candidates, everyone in the primary would get to pick their favorite candidate from whichever party, whoever it may be. And then some number of candidates would make the general election, whether that's two, four, five, what have you. Um, and, and the key component after that is using instant runoff elections in the general um, and so that, that $10 million that we talked about comes from having to hold this second statewide election four weeks after the fact. But this could have been done. This could have been decided weeks ago. 
Um, some states rely on plurality, and they just say whoever gets the most votes win. But uh, Georgia wants the winner to have a majority. Um, and you can still do that by allowing candidates to rank um, their preferences. So we know in the, the general in November, there was a libertarian candidate who essentially got enough of the vote to keep Warnock or Walker from achieving a majority. But those libertarian voters could have ranked Walker or Warnock behind their first choice, um, and then their votes could have been reallocated once um, the libertarian candidate was eliminated um, through the, the instant runoff process. Um, and so you'd still achieve majoritarian outcomes. You'd still have you know, other parties represented on the ballot, um, but you'd save millions of dollars, and this race would have been done weeks ago. Yeah. You, you mentioned the term instant runoff. I've got about 30 seconds. Can you help us understand what you mean by instant runoff and how that would compare to something we've seen here in Utah in some races uh, and in, or a ranked choice voting? Uh, yeah, so it's, 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 you know, it's actually very, very comparable to ranked choice voting. The instant runoff is um, you would rank order your most preferred candidates, you know, say you would vote the Libertarian first, Walker second, Warnock first. Um, if the Libertarian candidate was eliminated after the first round, then your vote would then be reallocated to Walker or whoever your second choice was. Um, and that process would keep going until one candidate achieved a majority. Uh, so just streamlining the process that is already in place by allowing voters to rank their choices. Well, I'm sure however uh, the system shakes out at any given state, I know uh, all eyes are going to be on Georgia tonight to see how this particular runoff comes. But our, those are some interesting thoughts about uh, ways that you could potentially conduct elections and try to avoid this costly kind of runoff in the future. Uh, Ryan Williamson from the R Street Institute has uh, been our guest. Some interesting points there. Uh, we'll be back with more on Inside Sources after this, including a discussion about an immigration bill making its way through Congress. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.